Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Open Mic with the MVP, Marco. I am, of course, your host, the MVP, Marco. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm doing these weekly. I try not to, but, you know, I'm just pumping out as many interviews as I can because it's fun. I love I love talking to different people. And, you know, I mean, if you're getting sick of me, I mean, I, I understand. Um, if you don't want to hear my voice, that's tough because I'm pretty much everywhere. And I'm going to get to that in a few seconds uh, because this show is brought to you by the Pod Foundation. And uh, if you haven't heard by now, the Pod Foundation, it's a collection of all the best content creators, the the best podcasters. I'm I'm biased because I'm I'm on it. Um, and obviously that consists of the Chick Foley Show, which I am on. I'm uh, I'm I'm you know I, I you know I I get my musings there sometimes from time to time. But um yeah we have uh you know Sheena's a part of that Chick Foley, uh, Seth, and uh, Jordan the Fig God rounds that whole crew out. Then we have the Turnbuckle Tavern. If you haven't heard of the Turnbuckle Tavern, I mean, they literally have a podcast every single day of the week um, that covers pretty much the gamut of everything. <laughs> Not going to go down the rabbit hole, but more importantly, they do cover WWE, and I am actually a part of the Turnbuckle Tavern feed. I'm on their uh, on their Raw Down show every Thursday night live at 8 o'clock on their YouTube channel. Definitely check that out. Um, which leads me to my partner on that show, actually, is J-Bone. He's also part of the Pod Foundation. He has his podcast coming down the aisle um, with J-Bone. So definitely check that out. Check us all out. You know, we you know we try our best to pump out as much content as we can. Def we're not getting paid for it. It's all free right now. So, I mean, definitely check us out. But nonetheless, that's enough of us. Let's get to the uh, to the person that uh, that I'm bringing on the show this week. Now, this individual um, is quite the uh, quite the figure, no pun intended, in uh, in the collecting community. Uh, <laughs> um, he you can look forward to you know an amazing array of uh, of t shirts on this guy. Uh, we're definitely gonna get to that. Um, my wife like hates the fact that I have a million t shirts, um, so I'm gonna you know pick his brain to see if you know how to kind of combat that. Um, with his wife and everything, but um, let me just bring him on, Mr. Kyle Peterson. How are you, sir? Hello, I'm just smiling, hearing your musings about t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, like I said, you know, before I brought you on, uh, you know, I, I kind of limited my my t-shirt collection. I had a ton of t-shirts, and um, my wife one day seen the piles and piles of t-shirts I had, and she was like. You got to get rid of some of these. This is getting ridiculous. And I was like, you might be right. So, you know, I did my, I did my due diligence being a good husband and got rid of, you know, some t-shirts, but you know, I gotta, I gotta keep, you know, some, how, how does that work with you? Like, you know, how does that work with the t-shirts? Is, 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 is she, is she fine with it? Your wife? Is she, yeah. you know, does she just accept it? Is it, it's is so she adding to it? Yeah. I've, uh, <laughs> I got a lot of t-shirts. I got a huge t-shirt collection and I rarely ever throw out a t-shirt. I mean, it has to be ran through the, the gamut to get thrown out, but yeah, I've been collecting t-shirts forever and I never get rid of any, like I said. And I think one thing that helps is we have separate closets. So she just does her uh. closet. I don't know what's going on in her closet. She knows <laughs> what's going on in mine. She does the laundry, thankfully. So she knows what's going on in mine, but, um, I've got two closets full of shirts and then I got a couple of dressers full of shirts. Uh, I got shirts mm. everywhere, but luckily my, my wife is the most forgiving wife ever <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> She's been on this channel many times. Actually, oh, yeah. we did a uh, video series and slowly been putting them out. We filmed 
I think, 15 videos going through my T-shirt collection. And I think we put like two of them on YouTube, but the rest are on my Patreon and they'll get there eventually. But one yeah. by one telling a story and just like any action figure, I, I got a story for about every t-shirt I picked up. So Dang. it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I did see that. I did see uh, a few of those. Um, that's why I brought it up. Cause I was, you know, going through, um, you know, me and my son watch your videos. He's, he's, he's uh, seven right now. So oh, yeah. he's into, you know, he's not really into collecting. He's into obviously, you know, figures and stuff like that. So we watch that. My buddy, my buddy, Jay Brown, um, before like, you know, wrestling events, if we're like, you know, just hanging out and stuff like that, we'll throw on uh, a few of your videos and unboxings and stuff like that. Just to, to watch my, my buddy's a fan of yours as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did see, uh, we did see the t-shirt ones. And, uh, like I said, that, that just, you know, struck a chord with me. Cause like I said, my wife, um, hates the fact that I have a million t-shirts, but some of them I just can't get rid of. Like you said, there's, yeah. there's a story to every single, pretty much every t-shirt that I have. Um, yeah. and spe specifically this one, I am a ultimate warrior fanatic. If you ever listen to, uh, oh, yeah. fully, um, you know that I love ultimate warrior. So does, uh, Jordan, uh, the fig God on the show as well. We're, we're warrior, warrior fanatics, um, warrior brothers. Yeah. And I, I actually, my, one of my, uh, videos, my favorite videos from yours is the, uh, when you count down the top 10, uh, ultimate warrior figures yeah. and, uh, actually seen the, I have the last one spoiler alert. Um, LJN Ultimate Warrior. Yep. Um, definitely my favorite figure out of my whole collection. Yeah. Um, do, do you share the same love for the Warrior? Oh, as yeah. I mean that in that Warrior LJN. I mean, everybody always says what's your Grail item? Probably a min on card LJN Warrior is going to be oh, my yes. Grail item. I mean, that's got to be it. I have a minty loose one, of course, and uh, I mean, I could go on about the Warrior forever. I mean, he's affected so many aspects of my life. Just uh. And it's weird, too, because and you're probably like me. I mean, uh, it'd be weird if the warrior came along in this day and age. I, I don't oh think God. he'd be popular. I mean, it's just it's like if <laughs> no. you weren't there, you weren't there. It's just one of those things. Like if he came here today, it wouldn't be the same. But just for the time and the place. And uh, I know everybody and you know everything, all the bad stuff everybody says. But, man, yep. to little kids out there, little kids don't care about that backstage drama. Nope. They care about what they see. They care about what they're seeing. And uh, just, you know, the power of the warrior and the, the physique, obviously, the over-the-top character. Yep. And, uh, you know, I met him when I was a little kid briefly in a bathroom. But, wow. I mean, he was so cool to me just for that two seconds we interacted. I mean, he didn't have to be cool to some little eight-year-old kid. I mean, he didn't yeah. have to. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure, you know, you're a lot like me. I'm going to treat people how they treated me. And, uh, you know, that's the way I'm going to be. But. The warrior, I mean, I based a lot of my life kind of off of warrior intensity and, you yep. know, following through and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but it's one of those things. If you were there, you were there. You understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And here's, here's a funny thing. Like, I always think of, like, you know, John Cena in that sense where, obviously, like you said, if the warrior showed up now, he probably wouldn't be taken seriously. And kind of the same thing happened with John Cena. Um, you know, him wearing the bright colors and the crazy, you yeah. know, the crazy color shirts and combinations and all that stuff. And he kind of had that, like, that kind of the same flair that, you know, Ultimate it's, Warrior had. You know, running, he totally, runs, he sprints down, he yeah, does the whole totally thing. Different. It's totally yeah. different, but the same thing at the same time, because I've never thought about that ever in my life. But <laughs> you're right. I mean, it's he doesn't got the face paint, all that, but nope. he's definitely got the physique. He's got yep. the colors. The colors. And he's got a passionate fan base and a polarizing yep. fan base, yep. in all honesty. So, I mean, it is a very good correlation. I never really yeah. thought about that. So, there you go. 
Yeah, and he uh, and, and it's he's he was obviously you know when the warrior came back and he was doing his like rounds and stuff like that. You know, John, they you know they interviewed all the all the people, all the current guys at the time. Anyway, you know, John Cena said the same thing. You know, he lived by like you know the power of the warrior, and you know he that that like you said it ignited a lot of uh young people back then, like including myself and and you, like just see you know like you said forgetting the bad stuff and not listening to any of that. Like like it said, like you said, it had, you had to be there in that in that position to like actually get like the, like the joy yeah. that, uh, that he brought essentially. And same thing with, I mean, you can say the same thing with Hulk Hogan, man. I mean, forever, yeah. forever a legend. I mean, obviously minus the bad stuff. I mean, yep. he's always etched in the minds of literally everybody. He's the yep. most iconic wrestler in the world. I mean, yep. I remember I was back in, I was in college at the time and uh warrior was putting out videos a lot of like inspirational messages and mm. stuff on youtube and like he would yep. be getting ready to go to the gym and here's his thoughts for the day and man, yeah i'd listen to those before i hit the gym every single day i mean i used to work out <laughs> extremely hard back in the day you know we, like when we were younger and stuff <laughs> so i would just fire <laughs> up the warrior going into the gym every day getting those words of wisdom and stuff and i listen to that stuff every single day and uh, I remember he did a, a, I don't know if you ever heard this, but there's a metal band called Winds of Plague. I'm not a big fan, but they're a pretty niche metal band. But Warrior actually sang lead on one of the songs. Oh, really? Look that up on YouTube. It's uh, interesting. It's more spoken word, but it's pretty crazy. So I remember I used to listen to that thing to get me fired up back in the day, too. Huh. I did. Uh, I I was uh, speaking of bands. I did see you. I mean, you've probably seen like the uh, kind of I think it was going to be a reality series on like vh1 or mtv he was doing like a workout not really i mean he's pretty much like a drill sergeant yeah he's uh young kids and stuff like that and it was uh it was pretty entertaining oh i love that i i was so (laughs) into that i think that was the coolest thing ever i think it was asking alexandria was the band yes that's it was yeah there was another one that was filmed too that didn't get around i don't even know what's around anymore but it's funny as uh i'm really good buddies with a guy that was in a band uh we are harlot i don't know if you heard of them but they did uh they did the um, theme song for Raw uh, a few years back, yep. of course. So he uh, was in a band with uh, Danny from Asking Alexandria, and I did ask him about that time if he ever heard anything oh about it. So it's kind of funny, uh, the full circle. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he was pretty intense on that. And I was like, do these people know who this is? It's the Ultimate Warrior. Why aren't they? <laughs> why aren't yeah, they and, listening to him? And he said, uh, <laughs> you know, my buddy said, I think when he said he talked to him and asked him about that, they felt really bad about that because they didn't really understand who he was or know who he was, and they yeah. didn't feel they gave him the proper respect he deserved. And yeah, they would love I mean, to that back over. It, it, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a it's a different world too, especially if you're not into you know the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's that that's a given. I I wouldn't really uh you know obviously like you said they felt bad, but I wouldn't I mean I wouldn't feel bad at all. Yeah, uh, and I think it made I, for them being the way they were and Warrior being the way they were made for good TV. So. Exactly. Yeah, because if if I I mean I know who he is, and if I'm on that show, I'm I'm gonna be like giddy yeah. and you know being a fanboy pretty much yeah. on that whole show. I'm not we gonna would be terrible on that show because we would listen <laughs> to everything he says. And yeah, we right back at all. Okay, no, <laughs> we just pass out during a yeah, during a exactly. workout and. Yep. <laughs> but uh oh man but um i could go on for forever with uh with ultimate warrior but we'll do a sub a sub uh stream of just warrior discussion yeah we'll no be- yeah i might i might have to have you back on we could just do yeah. like a a warrior uh retrospective there you go cool but um yeah i just want to let's let's um go back way in the beginning to uh to to little 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 kyle we'll say yeah what what started the whole this mask because you don't just collect like wrestling yeah. figures which is obviously you know why a lot of us have all like 
join together and you know we're all we're all a part of each other's lives in some way but you literally collect like everything yeah i collect so where did this start like how did this <laughs> how did this come to come to fruition you know, being a little kid in the 80s that's what i was saying the 80s you know you had all the television and all the mm. properties and all the cartoons all the classic ones you know you had gi joe you had he-man you had you know star wars turtles wrestling obviously kind yep. of in the circle uh just being a child of the 80s and just different times in the 80s you know you were a little kid and there was that stuff around all the time you came home to and from school those cartoons were very accessible mm. we didn't have a million channels back then yeah. so your options were limited and the friends at school they played with gi joe he-man or whatever so of course you're talking to them and going back and forth and really started at an early age for me um I think I probably started with He-Man probably when I was like three mm -hmm. years old. I mean, that's the earliest I remember getting an action figure uh, would have been He-Man. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Star Wars was basically out around that time, too. It's got some Star Wars stuff and uh, just worked my way into other properties. And some fell off and some stayed forever, really, at the mm. end of the day. So did, you, did you stay like – do you – so with your collection now, is it is it a um, is it a continuation? Did you – like you said, you dropped off. Did you like, uh, is this like a, is this from your past, everything that you have? Or is it, did you oh, like reconnect yeah. and buy things I, over uh, again? I don't have a ton of vintage stuff and I kind of like it that way in a little bit. It's like, it's yeah. kind of like leaving my childhood behind. And mm. I, I don't know, there's probably something psychological in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I really, uh, basically when I went away to college, I said, you know what? I got all these toys. I got all this kind of stuff. I should really sell this. And this was like kind of the beginnings of eBay and things like yeah. that. eBay had been around a few years, so it was fairly known. And I said, wow, I could sell all this stuff and probably get some money. And uh, I wasn't one of those kids that was bashing his figures together. I kept my stuff pristine as a little kid. Like I'd invite friends over and if I saw they were one of those mashers and breaking toys, okay, <laughs> let's play video games. Um, so I actually sold my whole collection, almost my whole collection. I kept my original mm. G.I. Joe aircraft carrier, which I still have. Uh, a few other sentimental pieces I kept, but I ended up selling the lion's share of my collection. And uh, definitely a regret in a lot of ways, but in some ways, I don't know, you kind of have to go through that, I think, a little bit. But then, you know, I've always collected. I didn't stop buying stuff. I just said, hey, I could sell all this. And obviously during college, you don't quite have the funds you have when you're a full adult. Yeah, so. yeah. You're sitting there and I'm pieced together. I'm picking up bits and pieces of things. I'm always looking at the store. I mean, you're going to the grocery store every week anyway. So I'm going to take a look down the toy aisle. I've been doing that since I was a little kid. So I would see what's going on and kind of keep tabs on stuff and say, oh, man, I wish I could buy this. Wish I could buy that. Uh, but, uh, you know, you couldn't. And you picked and choose what you bought. Yeah. That's what I did through college. But then once you get out of college, you start working. You get in the working world. You get a little bit more income. And it's like, okay, what's this Jack's Classic Superstars line all about? And that's kind of what really snowballed into mm. this madness i'm in right now so. wow geez did you um so when you what was the first line that you really like sunk your teeth into as far as collecting yeah i would say uh i mean as a kid i mean it was straight up with masters of the universe and you know my okay. dad comes on the channel with me uh fairly regularly actually my dad was over today we filmed five videos five videos back to back today geez. so uh, but my dad always understood collecting, I guess, from a child's brain a little bit. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he would know, like, if we're getting G.I. Joe's and we're at uh, the Toys R Us or whatever, you know, we're looking for stuff. And if we saw uh, it's a storm shadow and we don't see that very often, he'd be like, we better just buy this. So I was very fortunate in the fact that my dad would be like, you know what? I'm not going to come back here. We're going to get it eventually. We might as well just get this over with. Yeah. And he would pick some of that up. So 
really, I'd say G.I. Joe, the old school G.I. Joe is really where I intensified my collection as far as, okay, dad, we're going to Toys R Us this Friday. I was good all week. I didn't get in trouble, whatever. <laughs> yeah, one figure. All right, dad, here's the plan. We're going to pick up dial tone. Now, if dial tone's not there, we're going down to mainframe. If he's not there, it's not random. I have a whole to-do list ready to go. So that was really the start of collecting. And then it really, like I said, really ramped up once I got out of college. And I just happened to go to Toys R Us on one of those trips. And, you know, I paid attention to the internet, but not really. Yeah. Even collecting wise until about three years ago. I mean, that's a whole story in itself. I never paid attention to collecting online. It was just something I did. And I never put two and two together. Like, Hey, I love heavy metal. I'm going to go to this heavy metal band site. I'm going to go to their (laughs) Facebook group. I'm going to go to stuff like that. I never did that with collecting for some reason. I just didn't feel the need for whatever reason. But, yeah. Um, but then the Jack's Class Superstars, I just happened to stroll in Toys R Us, see that Ultimate Warrior right there, and bam, that was the beginning of the end for me. So it was like, okay, completionist on Jack's Class Superstar. I'm getting all these. <laughs> and then, you know, just uh, going down the list and then slowly adding new properties into the mix. And uh, so your father, does he does he collect himself? Yeah, at so all in, the, okay. in the heyday of uh, 80s and 90s, he was big into the starting lineup figures. You remember starting lineup? Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was all in on starting lineups, and I was getting my G.I. Joe, my X-Men, all that kind of stuff. And starting lineups was – it was the real deal. People don't – it's like people talk about the Cabbage Patch Kids, and that was a little yeah. before my time. Uh, but it, starting lineup heyday was dog eat dog out there. I mean, there was a line of 15 people at Toys R Us every single morning waiting to get in to get the starting lineup figures. They sold for astronomical amounts of money. I mean, wild, wild era that just, it's almost like Beanie Babies. You can't even believe you were in the mix of all that kind of stuff. My dad had a collection very similar to me. I mean, that's what gave me inspirations for this is our, he had a huge basement. He built a house and he wallpapered his entire basement with starting lineup figures, the whole thing. I mean, it it was awesome. So we'd go to the conventions and things like that. But so he was a collector and I remember it's like the greatest thing ever. I wish my two daughters would love to do this, but like, he'd be like, Kyle, it's 7am. We got to get up. We got to go to Toys R Us. We got to go to Walmart. We got to go and we're going to go to 10 of them in town. And then we're going to travel out of town. We're going to go to these Toys R Us's and Walmarts. I mean, wow. it's the greatest thing ever when you're a little <laughs> kid. I still, I still love looking for toys out there in the wild and I, I do it every week. So um, that was a big thing. So my dad was right in there with me and, you know, and I was a little kid at the time and, you know, my dad wasn't a guy that was going to run through the stores chasing when those doors open, but little yeah. eight, eight, 10, 12 year old Kyle, he had no shame. I did direct sprints when the doors opened. <laughs> all these grown men chasing after me. I mean, if I only had cameras back then, That's uh, funny. <laughs> now, you know, my dad is, is retired. He retired, I don't know, gosh, 10 years ago or something like that. And, uh, he doesn't collect like he used to at all, but he's kind of got into it a little bit, especially the NECA Universal Monster stuff. Because when he yeah. was a very little kid, he collected Universal Monsters uh, model kits and things like that. So he's all in on the NECA Universal Monsters. He picks and chooses on some G.I. Joes, and uh, he dabbles in some weird stuff, too, like... Um, <laughs> World of Warcraft. He's collecting World okay. of Warcraft <laughs> but... He's never wow. played the game, never seen the game. He just likes the figures, which I always think is just crazy. When I come over, he's got a big display full of World of Warcraft figures. That's cool. He likes how they look. So he buys stuff like that, like Street Fighter figures he's into. He's never played Street Fighter, but he, he likes Street Fighter figures. So he's a complicated guy, but he's pretty interesting. I was telling, I was actually, you know, I was telling my young son this, like uh, he's seven years old, but I was actually telling him the same thing. Like I, I, we were talking about something where, you know, 
you, you don't have to like something to, you know, collect something or you don't have to yeah. vice versa. Um, cause I, I think it was, we were playing like, uh, I ended, I bought him the, um, I shouldn't have anyway, cause he's probably going to smash him the pieces. The, uh, the, the gamer verse, uh, Spider-Man figures. So the, um, so the, you know, Spider-Man two figures. Yeah. So it's a Peter Parker from the Spider-Man two game and yep. the miles, from the Spider-Man two game. So, cause he really loves that game. Um, but he, it was always like a weird thing where like, he's not really playing it now. And he's like, I don't know if I can play with these. I don't play the game anymore. I'm like, you don't have to play the yeah. video game in order to like the, the figures and play with them. It's that, that doesn't go hand in there Two the two separate things. You don't have to like love one thing and love the other. And I think, I mean, your, your father doing that with like the world of Warcraft stuff, yep. not even playing the game and just thinking they're cool figures kind of like as a, as a testament to that. I'm in that same boat with the new NECA Dungeons and Dragons figures. I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. I've never played it. Never seen the movie, never saw the cartoon. Yeah. I don't know anything about it, but I know a cool figure when I see a cool figure. So that's kind of where I'm at with that in the same yeah. kind of way. Um, another another thing I want to do, like, do you collect any other besides like figures? Do you, do you have like a collection of like, you know, car, baseball cards, basketball cards, anything yeah. like CDs, movies? So I had a massive CD collection that I was collecting basically since like geez, I don't know, whenever CDs kind of came out, where they got normal, they were actually sold in stores and stuff. Yep. Uh, but I had a massive heavy metal collection. I'm a big heavy metal guy, and I had some extremely rare stuff, like a lot of first pressings from like Germany and Europe and things. And uh, I had almost 12,000 CDs wow. in, in my collection. And during the height of COVID, as you know, with action figures, everything collectibles exploded. Yep. And I got the and I got sitting down here in my room. I had a CD room and I said, you know what? I could die from COVID. Who knows what this thing is? And, I said, <laughs> if I do, and then I never got COVID. I've never got it to this day for whatever reason. Wow. So I gotta be man. like one of those weird people that are immune to it or something. I don't know. But uh, but I was thinking, I was like, you know, if if I die or if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know, I got a lot of friends that know about action figures. I got friends that know about some of the other stuff I collect, but nobody knows about hey, this Gravedigger first pressing from Scotland, what that's kind yeah. of worth. I don't got a, a friend that knows the heavy metal band Gravedigger. Yeah. So I, said, I should sell all this stuff. I have it all backed up in four places. I'm a big a physical media guy. But I said, if something happens to me, my wife is going to take this whole collection to like half price books and say, oh, yeah, yeah. Dime a CD or something. So I said, you know what? I'm going to sell this. And, you know, we're all stuck at home anyway. So I sold my collection and, you know, it, I made an absolute fortune on that collection. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could imagine. It was the height of COVID, and that stuff was already rare. A lot of it, I mean, and everybody's like, "You sold your CDs for how much?" It's like, "Oh, geez, I got some, you know, Britney Spears and NSYNC CDs." I'm like, "No, it's, yeah, it's no. not the same. Those are a dime a dozen. <laughs> These are hardcore, rare uh, stuff." So that was one, and I've always had a collectible uh, personality, or you know, it's yeah, one of those things. I always say it's a good thing I'm a totally straight edge. I don't drink, I don't smoke, because I'd be one of those guys on the side of the street begging for money. Is what would probably happen. <laughs> so it's probably a good thing I don't do that. But uh, yeah. like one time, I owned 14 Jeeps in my collection. Like really, my wife, I would just show wow. up home, and it's like, oh hey, I picked up this 1970 Postal Jeep <laughs> that from a surplus auction. You know, what the right hand drive and I, like i drove it three hours home and there wasn't a seat i sat on a milk crate is how i drove it home so oh my god wild stuff like that uh back in the day but then we moved to uh the more uh high high uh 
income place or whatever. So I was like, I can't store all these Jeeps here. And I would rotate. Oh, yeah. My grandpa lived out in the country with my grandma and I'd rotate Jeeps. And I was like, all right, time to sell all these off. So I only got, I think, uh, three Jeeps currently. So, man. Jeez, yeah. I didn't know. Did, do you have a? I, I mean, I mean, obviously, like you have tons of videos on your YouTube page. Do you have a video of that collection at all, or no? no? I, I think I have some. I have some videos. Sometimes the Jeeps will be in the background of some of the, like the figure hunt videos and stuff like that. So every once in a while, they're in there. I have like a my my favorite Jeep of all time is a. I have a 1989 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. You know, the Wagoneers the old wood grain oh, yeah. on the side yep. and stuff. It's so funny how those were everywhere at one time. Now they're never. They've all rusted apart and fallen apart. And I actually bought one from California and got it shipped here because it was wow. totally rust free. And uh, that's kind of my favorite Jeep of all time. It's like it's crazy. I, I absolutely love that thing. It's it's crazy how much uh, value is on those Jeeps now. Is uh, you know people want them for TV commercials, things like that, and advertising. And uh, yeah. thinking about getting into that, where I'd rent it out for like uh, school pictures and things like that because. People love the classic wood grain uh, Wagoneer. So yeah, no, definitely. Wow. Um, the other, actually, I want to kind of go back to what you said before about like, you know, the COVID times and stuff like that and, you know, selling and stuff. Do you think like now, since obviously, you know, COVID's not here anymore, that, that yeah. period of our lives yeah. isn't, isn't around That's anymore. <laughs> um, do you think uh, as far as like the, you know, the selling part of it, do you think like values obviously have they changed? You think? Do you think they yeah. stay the same? Have they dropped drastically? Or do you think they just kind of like, you know, evened yeah. out after? I, I after think they've tanked pretty hard compared to yeah. the height of COVID. Things have dropped pretty good. And I say it a lot on my channel. It's like, I love to collect. I love this stuff. I don't do it for the money. And yeah. I know some people try to invest. And I always say, man, that's a dangerous game if you're invest investing in figures. Uh, yeah. to make money down the line, you're way better off getting an IRA or a 401k. You'll get a better yeah. return on your investment all day long because yeah, one thing we've seen, and I, it's kind of a motto on my channel is, I don't care if we're talking about Hasbro, NECA, or Mattel, they want every dollar out of your wallet. Every single dollar yep. you have, and they're going to find a way. And we see it right now in the Mattel Greatest Hits line. They're yeah. releasing figures that were grail pieces for a lot of people because you know what? They see on eBay all these sales they say, huh, if we come back out with this, what can we get for it? Uh, they'd rather have the money than the eBay people. So they see yep. if there's a window, things are going to get re-released. And we see it with Hasbro. We see it with NECA. We see it across the board. So, you know, one uh, instance here coming up, it is almost the Halloween season. House of a Thousand Corpses movie, one of my favorite movies ever. Yes. And I sold my entire collection of NECA and real toys. I had a sweet collection of those. But they were going for such insane amounts of money. I sold them all and made out like a bandit. Well, now they're all getting re-released. So of course, just got to wait. So I'm like, I'm glad I sold that because man, uh, you know, they'd be not penniless or valueless, but uh, yeah. definitely would drop down. So action figures, you got to do it for the love. And I think that's a, a lot of the stuff. Love it because you love to display it. I kind of view it as like artwork in my house. I'm buying artwork in my house in a little bit, or at least my section of the house. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, yeah, that's, I definitely want to ask you about that. Cause obviously, you know, there, you know, we have those conversations sometimes on the chick Foley show about, you know, we're, we're doing figure talk and stuff like that. And, you know, are you, you know, are you a mint on card? Are you, you know, do you just open them all up? Uh, like, how do you display these things? And obviously there's no judgment either way, yeah. but you know, I feel like the underlying thing sometimes, um, in my opinion is, you know, there's going to be some value at some point. 
um, with with these figures. And you know, I think it's uh, you know, Sheena kind of convinced me because I was keeping everything mint yeah. on card. And like, I think one of the episodes we were like way 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 back in the day uh, when I was first on the on the show, she was just like, you know pretty much convinced you like, Hey, this, what's the use of you just have it in a, in a box? Just it's better when you display it. It's actually like when you have it in your hand, you're able to look at it, see the detail and all yeah. that stuff. And I was like, you know what, let me, let me try it. So I ended up doing it and never looked back ever since. I mean, there's I definitely, <laughs> definitely arguments both way. And I don't think either is right or wrong. And honestly, people say, Oh, you know, uh, look at all these loose ones. If I had it my way, I'd be mint on card. I would do that. Yeah. But we all only have so much room. And exactly. That's the other stuff, part. I collect. I mean, I got a lot of room, more room than most people have, obviously. Uh, you know, it's I've dedicated a wing of my house to yeah. my action <laughs> so I got more room than a lot of people do, and I do understand that. But if they were all men on card, I'd be like swimming. I'd be swimming through a, tr- a trash heap, it would almost feel like, because it'd just be impossible. But, you know, I don't know if the value, outside of some pieces, the value isn't that much different between loose and men on card. And you yeah. think about, you know, some of the cost to ship, things like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not terribly different, and obviously this takes up way less space. So uh, I just think, and you get more enjoyment out of it when it's uh, out of the package too. You at least touch it. There's an experience with that. Yeah, uh, nothing against been on card, but uh, to me, I just had to go loose because of space reasons. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely. That's that that, and that's one of my main reasons. Like, I mean, not just not just because she convinced me <laughs> to uh, open yeah. them all up, but it is it definitely is a it, it definitely does shrink down the space that you have when you do have them all MOC, but when yeah. you start opening them up, you know, you can like display them a certain way. If you have certain, like, you know, like on, on some of the displays I have, it's uh like, I'll have like favorite matches of mine. Yeah. Um, especially, especially if this, the gear is specific, like it's the actual, you know, gear of that figure and that match and stuff like yeah. that. I can display things that way. So like, I have my own little ways of doing it and, you know, doing that with, with a uh, mint on car doesn't seem like, the way to do it plus nowadays if you if you notice they're starting to slowly get rid of the win- get rid of the window on uh most of the packaging i know like obviously yeah. hasbro has pretty much went full blown into it now you're seeing mattel with the new especially with the new elites they're, yep. they're this little window now yeah. <laughs> so i mean the next next packaging is just going to be completely yeah. gone i think they're just trying to ease everyone into the fact that these uh little windows are going to be gone. So yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if you heard about like the new retro line, how, you know, they got the slip case covers on those. And I guess mm. they're getting around some of the plastic laws saying, well, this is what you store it in. It's supposed to be in there. It's not actually garbage. So yeah, that's a little bit of a workaround. And when Hasbro's coming back with the plastic packaging, so yep, it's going to be interesting to see how that all nets out. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's always going to be the eternal debate, though, with collectors, mint on card or, or loose. I mean, that's that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, I know. Like in the uh, in the Chick Fil A group, we kind of joke around with each other, and like you know, you know, there's obviously there's a bunch of people that do mint on cards, there's a bunch of people that do loose, and it's you know, it's not like a you know, we're not really you know having a war with each other. We just kind of like you know, bust each other's chops and how everything goes and stuff like that. Because uh, Jordan's completely mint on card. He has nothing open, and we always like joke around that he needs to open something up at some point um and we also joke if, if uh you send him something it could be anything inside the box because he's not going to open it so he, he's yeah. not going to see yeah, what it is so. like uh, the hasbro stuff the plastic free how do you know i mean it's almost one of those things like uh how do you know you even have a figure you could just be having a box you really don't know 
Exactly. Yeah. So you have to you have to take their word for it, I guess. Yeah. Why don't you just buy the box? I'm sure somebody could sell you the box. (laughs) (laughs) I know, definitely, right? Um, so as far as your how do you feel your your imprint is as far as the 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 figure community, not just the wrestling figure community? Like, do you ever look at it that way? Like you're like one of the, you know, one of the prominent like figure collectors out there or do you just like you know i'm just a regular dude that's that's collecting stuff yeah i'm such a a regular dude i mean i I try to (laughs) chat with everybody if somebody messages me or something i mean i got no problems talking to people obviously if i'm in a meeting or something from my job i can't answer you right away oh yeah (laughs) it's crazy some people get all worked up like they'll send me an instant message or something on messenger or whatever and it's like 40 minutes went by and I haven't answered. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm in a two and a half hour conference call. And exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like, I, I like, I'll answer anybody if I can, but it's like, sometimes you're stuck in things and you know, like, Oh, you're too good to respond to my message. No, I was in a meeting and I was presenting the whole time. So I can't really, Oh, hold on guys. Somebody messaged me. I, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. It, it's a weird thing because I really just think of myself as a just a, a normal dude for the most part. I'm just a guy that collects. And I say it a lot in some of my videos, too. It's not like anything I do in a review is like, here it is. This is the, the law. This is the way it yeah. is. Yep. It's my opinion. And my opinion is no better than yours, no better than my dog sitting over here. We all got an opinion. you know. And sometimes they align with people. Sometimes they don't. It's yep. just this is my thoughts. And that's about all it is. So I don't feel myself being better than anybody else or anything. It's, it's a weird thing. And. And I don't even want to say celebrity because that sounds weird. It just seems weird all around. But, you know, I'll tra- I travel for work like a pretty crazy schedule a lot. And I'm traveling and, I, you know, people recognize me. It's weird. People recognize yeah. me more when I travel than when they recognize me where I live, which is very strange. <laughs> um, but, you know, people like nervous to talk to you or ask for a picture even or something like that. It's like, no, man, I have no problems with any of that stuff. And, hey, what's going on? You know, and it's just a weird Weird dynamic. It's weird. You know, I was at San Diego Comic-Con this year. I was at PowerCon and I, I met a ton of people and a ton of people came up and talked to me. I mean, it was the coolest thing ever. And uh, I always appreciate that kind of stuff. And I'm all, I'm always down to talk action figures. At the end of the day, it's a, you know, big stress relief from the day-to-day grind is what that is. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, was, I, I know it's like a, I, I think I've asked like a lot, like pretty much uh, literally everyone on my, uh, that I've interviewed so far, I always ask like, you know, I know, I know like influencer is kind of like a, you know, dirty word out there, but like, do you feel like, do you, do you feel like you have like your, your, you're a social media influencer? If you, if you want to say that way, do or do you, like I said, do you look at yourself like, as just like, you know, I'm just, I'm just a guy. I'm passionate about what I do. I put out, you know, I put out these videos and then if you like them, you like them. Yeah. If you don't, you don't. Is that how is? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's a weird deal. Like even with my day job, it's like, you know, you got to kind of take a step back and anytime you're on a platform or presenting stuff, I could be giving a speech at the local library. I could be presenting at work. I could be having a holding court at a target store. I could be doing yeah. a video. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're yeah. talking and you are influencing one way or the other, whether you like it or not, I guess. And um, you know, there's, there's nothing worse. Like I've had, I've had issues on the channel where I've unboxed something that has broke and, you know, yeah. none of us like a figure breaking out of the package there. And, you know, like Omega spawn from a McFarland toys. I had an epic meltdown. I was like, are you Gee. kidding me? I, I <laughs> across the room. I was so worked up 
And I, you know, you see the power of your actions as people say, well, that's a garbage figure. I'm not going to buy this. Oh, don't buy the Omega Spawn. Yeah. Hold around. And I said it in the video, but I mean, that's kind of how it goes. People take the meltdown moment, but they forget that I said, you know, these things do happen. Anything that's mass produced, not everything's going to be perfect. Yep. There's always going to be one. And guess what? McFarland Toys will make it right. All that kind of stuff. People don't necessarily take that kind of stuff out of it. So, yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't say I watch what I say. At the end of the day, I'm I'm just myself, right or wrong or whatever. But it, it is a weird medium that you can maybe influence. And you see stuff in the comments, too, where oh, I wasn't going to get this figure, but then I saw your review and I'm going to get it. And I guess if you look up dictionary, that is an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't say I wear it as a tattoo on my forehead or anything. I just like to try to think of it as just one guy's opinion. And that's kind of my channel at the end of the day. That's kind of how i view my channel I mean, it's a weird thing getting started on youtube and doing all that kind of stuff but I, that's kind of how i view it it's just i'm a normal dude <laughs> yeah i actually that's what i was gonna say that i like i like your videos because it, it it does come across that way like um you know that you're you know yeah. you're just a guy you, you you know you do the unboxing you give it your opinions and that's pretty much it you're not you're not pushing anything on anybody you're not you know telling them not no. to buy it when to buy it, how to buy it. And when I started, so here, like I said, I never looked at action figures and really in social media or anything really before I started on YouTube. I mean, uh, the major pod uh, group was about all I knew. And I'd followed Zack Ryder because I, and I knew of Zack Ryder, but you know, I don't know how many years it took before I knew that Zack Ryder collected action figures, started Mm -hmm. following him about action figures. And that was about it. And then I uh, started a YouTube channel. I had a buddy, uh, David C. Anderson is his name. Yeah. Yep. So uh, he's like, Dude, you should really, you got a heck of a collection. You should really start a YouTube channel and all this. So it was at the beginnings of COVID, basically. Uh, did a little bit of a video there, and it just kind of snowballed into what it is now. But I never, believe it or not, I never watched any unboxings or reviews from other uh, toy people or anything. So I was like starting from scratch, which I really feel was something good because you don't have any bad habits. You're not copying anybody. You're just being yourself. Yeah. And that's how I've been. And I, I said, okay, yeah, I yep. wanted to do an action figure review. How would I do this? And I would want it like you and me sitting here talking and going through and talking about it. And like, you know, stupid jokes that we would probably say to each other, you know, throwing the pack. I mean, stuff. I've done that my whole life. I've always thrown the packaging when I unbox stuff. And it's just kind of weird how it kind of snowballed into what it's become, I guess. It's very weird. Um, so you said you started, you started the page during the pandemic. Yeah, I want to say, was it February or March of like 2019, I think it was. So okay. I think it was right right at the beginnings, maybe. I want okay. to say, was that, I don't know, my timeline's off, but it was, yeah, right <laughs> there. And then, and then obviously, you know, you're stuck at home and you, you got more free time. So you started, <laughs> start doing it. Man. Yeah, because that's, because you have like a ton of subscribers too. So like, how did that, like, were you, were you like floored at the amount of, subscriptions you got from that from the time that you started to like you know like what did what did you see the influx of like you know like yeah, comments and, big, views like, and stuff like that i didn't understand any of it and i still don't really understand i'm <laughs> i'm terrible with technology outside of my day job i like i can do all that stuff and it's like i feel like there's only so much room in my head and i feel yeah. like i can definitely do more technology stuff but it was what my first video was just hey kyle you got a heck of a collection you know i'm in facebook groups things like that you should show your collection. Okay, I'll just do a video. How do I upload this? Oh, it's too long to put into Facebook or whatever. Well, I guess I'll just start a YouTube channel. I'll just put it up there. So it just kind of snowballed from that, which was, you know, very weird. 
I uh, did my collection tour video, and obviously I got a lot of subscribers out of that. Yep. And then there was a lot of questions in the comments. So I was like, okay, I'll do a second video and answer these questions. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people said, boy, you, you should do reviews. And I said, okay. And I mean, I think you go back to your first performance uh, on the Chick Foley show. You probably just cringe, and I'd probably. Oh, just yeah, of course. Saw my YouTube <laughs> thing, like, where I'm at. And I'm sure 10 years from now, we'll both cringe at this video. I'm sure. Yeah, no, exa exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you just uh, as I always say on my channel all the time: constant learning, constant improvement. Every single morning, get up, constant learning, constant improvement. Try that, but yeah, it just kind of snowballed from there. And you know, I've got a crazy work ethic. I've always kind of had, and uh, I just I never give up, never surrender, and I don't. I've never missed an upload. Basically, three years straight without an upload or with an upload every single day. In the last two years, wow. I've uploaded three videos a day. And then I just started a brand new YouTube channel this weekend. So, <laughs> jeez, yeah, that, you know, know it's funny when uh, I, I spoke to um, uh, my a couple ones before this uh, Queen G twenty two on uh, Instagram. She's you know she's in you know she collects Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, um, pretty much everything. Uh, her main character that she collects is Donatello, and uh, she's you know we we talked about you know. She's just starting to do a lot of like a lot more content on her Instagram and stuff like that. You know, she has like the, you know, sponsorship from like Nickelodeon, Paramount and all that stuff. And like she's getting all these things and she's going to start up a YouTube channel. And now she's, you know, she's posting to her YouTube. And we talked about like, you know, instead of just thinking about, you know, putting a video up, just put it up there, you know, and just watch the progression. Like, like you said, it could be cringe, but yeah. as you go along, you're going to like see the process and how yeah. like your videos have either gotten, you know, hopefully they got better and not worse from the yeah. first time you did it. But you, you you just have to do it. Just put it out there, see how it looks, and then you know, don't take it down. Leave yeah. it up there and see that like that history of how everything started. So that's actually a very good uh that's very good advice right there, just to do it. Just yeah, just that's what it says. Kyle, how do you do a YouTube? How do you do this? I don't have any fancy equipment. And I'm like, hey, well, here's how the sausage is made. I got my <laughs> wife's eight-year-old iPhone. That's what I film on. <laughs> and then I airdrop that to an iPad and I edit it on iMovie and there it is. So it's pretty bare bones, pretty bare bones. Yeah, same same here. I uh, I never, our, our rule was, especially with the Chick Foley show, we never, if you listen to any of the old episodes, there's always stuff in it. We never went into editing or taking things out and all that stuff. Um, but now I find myself, you know, doing this show um, along with the Chick Foley show now and finding myself that I not need to edit things out, but like, you know, yeah. if I, I hear like a silence and something, if I'm listening back, I'll like kind of cut that. If, you know, if um, I'm learning to like, you know, edit like music in between stuff. Cause with YouTube, you can't really put any, you know, licensed music up cause yeah. they'll take your video down. So a lot of these videos that I'm going to start, uploading won't have it have a like intro song or an outro song it'll just be the video itself so learning that stuff um but yeah it's it's like you said it's pretty bare bones it's you know yeah you i know, do my I'm own always, thing i'm very fortunate too as i speak for a living every single day so i give speeches all the time in front of you know thousand people 250 whatever it may be so i'm yep. used to talking and I luckily don't really mess up very often. So it's, I yeah. don't have to edit a whole lot. I, I'm, the only editing I'm doing is pasting in pictures and videos and things yeah. like that. I'm not having to like, oh, take this chunk out and move things around. That definitely saves some time, having to, not having to do all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, that, that's that's our like our number one rule. We don't uh, take anything out. Like if it's like I said, I'll just I'll, we'll add the intro and outro music. And that's that's pretty yeah. much it. I do the same thing for the like on this, the audio version. I'll do the 
intro music, outro music, and that's that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to go in and change anything if we say something mess unless you like go back and say hey i said this can you take it out i'll do yeah. it for you i'm not i'm not that type of person but uh but yeah no i, I definitely uh i i just i mean with with the shoot work and everything or my actual job i usually don't have the time to do that type of stuff so um yeah i'm not gonna edit <laughs> i'm not yeah. gonna i'm just i'm telling you now i'm not editing now i'm joking that's one um, thing i get all the time too is people <laughs> say well i don't have the equipment or i don't have uh you know the time i work you know 40 hours a week and i'm like yeah i work 70 hours a week at my yeah job. <laughs> i uh i uh sundays i film the lion's share of my stuff on sundays and i usually yep. film for about 12 to 15 hours straight every single sunday and that's my videos for the week wow so I just go bam, 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 get up extremely early and uh, you know, just get after it. That's what you got to do. Insane. That's what I was, I was actually. Go ahead. Yeah, you just got to put in the work. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, a lot of a lot of uh, you know a lot of the the turnbuckle guys are starting to do a lot of things on on Sundays because during the some people like like doing things during the week as far as you know content and stuff like that because you know it's a work week you're already in the you're already yeah. in the mode to do things. Um, but sometimes it's hard to do that because sometimes after work, you, oh, yeah. you like me, I might have it. I think I'll probably have an interview sometime this week. I try to do them on Sundays, but if it has to be moved during the week, I'm, I might not be <laughs> fully into the uh, into into the interview at all. So I try to do it on Sunday nights because it's you know it's the end of the week. It's uh you know it's nice, quiet, it's relaxing. Yep. There's no pressure at all. Just you know the beginning of the work week's fine, but when when you're in the middle of it and you're going and you might have a bad week. You might have a bad work day, and then you got to do something at night. It's, it's usually not the best thing. So, yeah, I can. It's it's a uh, so you know doing it on Sundays is probably the best. I mean, I mean all around anyway for me anyway and a lot of other people out there. I yeah. would say. Um, my next question for you. Uh, this is totally off topic. The hair. So, um. There's only one other person I know that has uh, great hair like you, and that's AJ Styles. Um, only because my wife is like, she watches wrestling with me sometimes, and she just like is enamored with AJ Styles' uh, hair routine. Um, how do you get? How, give us a see. Is there a secret? Can it's you weird. give it away? If not, that's fine. I have always wanted to have my hair long once in my life. I said, before I go gray, I want to have it long hair. And COVID was the perfect opportunity. I said, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be in. It was already, I was already <laughs> due for a haircut. COVID hit. And I said, all right, I don't have to go through the awkward stages of growth uh, in front of people. And uh, I haven't looked back. And it's weird. I'm in an industry where beards and long hair are awfully frowned on and, uh, <laughs> yeah it kind of changed perspectives of people so it's really became a calling card for me in a lot of ways yeah. which is, is crazy and a lot of people i do get that all the time is did you know anybody ever tell you you look like aj styles and then i've also got <laughs> did anybody ever tell you you look like the big show you look like the big show and, oh yeah i can see I that all, right. all the time and i get weird ones too like marty Janetti. every once in a while you look like marty Janetti. i'm like has marty Janetti ever, ever had facial hair i've never seen him with i don't, facial I don't hair. think so not that i can recall anyway it's he would wild. he'd probably say otherwise in one of his, uh, crazy you, stories. Don't they call you daniel cormier i think or <laughs> yes they do yeah i get that i get that all the time i get yeah. uh at first it was my uh my wife's um friend's husband the very first time i met him he's the very first person that said it to me and i was like oh that's kind of weird but then after like you know yeah my wife would say like oh hey i was working with somebody and they said you look like him and then we went to we went to dinner one time and then after we went for a drink at this bar and the the, the guy at the door the, the security guy thought i was daniel cormier then i was at a liquor store once and the guy freaking 
one guy, he was like, I don't want to say this to you. And I was like, go ahead, say it. He was like, he's like, did anyone tell you you look like Daniel Cormier? I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it all the time. Yeah, really, so. Ten times today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, I was, cause I was, I was, you know, like I said, I, when I, we watch wrestling together, me and my wife, she's always enamored with like how great AJ Styles hair is. Like, I'm like, I, I know a guy, I know a guy that you could probably speak to and ask about his hair routine if you want to. For my wife, I don't know anything. I'm, I'm so uh, clueless <laughs> on that stuff. So she buys me whatever shampoo I need and conditioner I need and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> you try to put it in a ponytail every once in a while or a man bun. And I cannot figure that out. I can't do it by my head. It's funny. Jeez. Who knows? Oh, man. Um, so what do you, so what do you, what, what motivates you to, to do this, to continue collecting and going on yeah it's weird we all hit our uh we all hit our uh, end and i don't know when that's gonna yeah. be because i gotta remember that you know on the back end of this i gotta get rid of all this one of these days and yeah. i have two daughters and my daughters aren't too interested in action figures yeah. so uh, <laughs> i figure when i do retire i'll probably end up spending a couple of years probably selling uh this stuff as kind of a, a side hustle i guess yeah but, um, but yeah, I, I love it. I love, I just love everything about it. I love the news that comes from here's what's coming up. I love the business side of things. I love, uh, I love getting them in the mail. I love opening them. I love reviewing them. I love displaying. Them. I mean, there's so much fun along the way each time. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just wild. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a passion. It's definitely, uh, not something I'm doing, um, to make a million dollars in or anything yeah. like that. it's it's a lost leader i think is what they call it yeah but, yeah uh, it's a passion thing and it's a, a stress relief and all that kind of stuff so it's just a lot of fun really is yeah. what it is. it's definitely a lot more spending than it is making money your dog does not agree with that okay well uh, he didn't we'll agree on. to that comment right there <laughs> <laughs> oh man Anyways, that was wild. It, it was my wife. My wife's here. Hey, good to see you, Angie. She, she's good plugging my phone or my uh, computer in for me. There you hey, go. That's that's perfect. <laughs> um, did you so for um, do you ever get contacted by any like any of the uh, you know, companies like the you know, the Mattels, uh, the Hasbro's, yeah. uh, you know, the Jazzwares of the world, or are you from are you like? friendly with any of the the yeah. you know the the people it's out there weird. it's weird like you know I, I do a toy news video every single week and i kind of give my business thoughts on stuff and you know i'm in business for a major company and i always say you could be selling food products you could be selling shirts you could be selling hammers you could be selling action figures if you're dealing with amazon target walmart it, it all relates it all correlates yeah. a lot of the same rules apply so I've been in the trenches. I've been in Bentonville, Arkansas, dealing with Walmart buyers firsthand. I've done Target up in Minneapolis. Like I've called on these companies and stuff. So I understand the plight of Steve from Mattel or maybe Ryan at Hasbro or whoever. Yep. Look at me just name dropping people. But yeah, I, I know, right? I understand, the, <laughs> I understand the plight of those guys. And I do feel bad about those guys too, because I know my job, I make a lot of decisions like they do. But I don't have yeah. people on message boards saying, oh, can you believe Kyle made that new item and he put a 12-pack instead of a 10-pack? What's he doing? And yeah. they get flamed all the time, and they would love to fight back on that kind of stuff, but they just can't. They're they're stuck. Okay. So they, they can't. They, they're stuck, and they can't you know fight back and say, well, this is why we did this. This is why we did that. So very uh, crazy, um, 
relation there. But yeah, I've talked to a lot of those uh, guys and stuff at a lot of these companies. I've seen them at, you know, power cons, San Diego comic cons of the world. Uh, it's just definitely interesting seeing, uh, seeing those guys and talking to them and you've seen them around for a long time to be able to talk to them and converse with them. And so it's definitely a little interesting. Yeah. Did you, so do you ever, do they ever like ask about any of your, like, you know, any of the videos you put on stuff like that? Do they ever contact you directly and say, Hey, what the heck are you doing? Or, yeah, <laughs> or Hey, that's a great idea. You know, and a lot of stuff's off the record with a lot of these guys, you know, on, on things. So we'll, we'll have off the record discussions about stuff and I'm not going to, I'm not going to put the stuff out there, but I've had it before where I've had uh, issues with figures um, where the figure didn't work out quite. And then they sent me a message saying, well, you did this wrong, this wrong. And then I have to explain myself. I said, well, you know, I'm not new at opening figures. I understand how these things work and should work. <laughs> so yeah, that's some interesting conversations. And I've got some friends that design some of these things as well for uh, properties outside of wrestling, I guess. And, you know, I've definitely given my two cents and I like to feel that I've made a difference on some things that I'm very passionate about, I guess I could say. So um, it's a pretty fun little circle there. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Steve's a, a you know, action figure attack for those yeah. that don't know. Um, great follower of the Chick-fil-A uh, Twitter account. Um and he, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. Um, he's been yeah. on multiple, uh, episodes of, uh, uh, fig night on the turnbuckle tavern too. Yeah. Give it out some tidbits and things like that. He's a really great guy. Have you ever met, um, uh, Jeremy? Oh, so I met Steve and Steve is one of the best guys ever. He is one of the, the best guys in the action figure, uh, community game, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he works for Mattel, but I always say it, we're so lucky that he's a real collector. And that's the difference from the 80s and 90s, where these were just jobs to people. They had a job working for a toy company. Steve, Bill McKenna, a lot of these people like that, you know, Ryan Ting over there at uh, Hasbro, a lot of those guys, they're passionate about this stuff. They actually would collect this if they worked there or not. And that's something very cool. And Jeremy Padauer, I'm a weird dude. Like, I don't have a lot of bucket list people I want to meet. But like Jeremy Padauer, ever since Classic Superstar Series 1, he has been on my bucket list. Like, I want to meet Jeremy. How do I meet Jeremy? And I finally got that instance. And Jeremy and I talked for about a half hour. And uh, just an awesome guy. I, lo I love Jeremy. I'm a big fan of what he's done forever. I followed him forever. You know, it was fun to get to tell how much, hey, Jeremy, this is how much you mean to me and stuff. And, yeah, you know, put a face with a name. He'd heard of me but didn't know me kind of thing. And now we're definitely, you know, we're – we're buddies now and stuff, and we might even have a project in the works together. We'll see what happens with that. So, oh, peek under the tent there. So, stay tuned to that in the future. Oh, uh, could, could we be getting some uh, some <laughs> Kyle uh, figures? Yeah, you never point? know. You never know what might be happening. That would be pretty cool. But I don't think anybody hmm. buy those. I might be able to sell my dad one, maybe if he could get one for free. Maybe I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely surreal to be able to talk to Jeremy about some stuff too. And uh, just how, you know, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys from these companies is such a cool thing. And then just people that aren't even into toys, like, you know, even like uh, Cody Rhodes, like good friend of the channel, Cody Rhodes. That's not a joke. That's a real deal. Really? And, uh, Cody. I mean, man, wow. more to come on that in the future. I'm like dropping all these things in the future, more to come, but uh, Cody's an amazing dude. That's for sure. I mean, uh, he, he, from everything I know, he's quite the guy. And uh, like I said, more, more to come in the future on that one. So stay wow. tuned. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like super jealous because I'm a Cody Rhodes. Uh, again, if you listen to the Chick-fil-A show, I'm a Cody Rhodes uh, fanatic. The yeah. only one on the show. Um, he's, uh, 
he's a big uh he's a big he-man guy and that's kind of how our friendship started there is uh you know huh. the attorney uh crowd fund there and you know reached out and we've conversed ever since that and uh yeah just a really good guy you know he tags me and stuff whenever he does figure stuff on social media he always tags me and that kind of stuff which is always fun and Oh, that's awesome. uh, just cool. and like david arquette like david arquette reaching out like hey i watch your videos every night man i just want to say you're doing a good job like wow weird stuff like that every once in a while and you know i was talking i was talking about that uh jeff george earlier he's in we are harlot and musician yeah. a lot of stuff and i mean we've become quite good friends here i mean we're just texting before this and i mean an awesome guy and we got a big plans and we got a lot of stuff coming up here in the soon together where uh we're going to be on some travel and some whirlwind tours so I got a lot of stuff in the pipeline and it's just, it's crazy. The opportunities that come one shout out to the band night demon. I'm a big heavy metal guy, night demon. One of my favorite bands. They've been around for, I don't know, about 10 years now. I mean, I've become friends with those guys kind of through my channel and they actually made theme music for my channel for me, which just like, oh, wow, how wild is that a band that you absolutely love and have toured and followed around and uh, very passionate about that would take the time to do that for you. I mean, just, absolutely wild very you gotta pinch yourself sometimes that's crazy yeah man i'm, I'm so loud railing about the uh the cody thing the last so the yeah he retweeted uh it was a while back i think uh sheena was doing a unboxing of uh it was one of his figures i forget what figure it was um and uh you know we went on twitter i i run the twitter account so posted the video for stuff like that um and it, it was like on a sunday i remember and we're just like, you know, I just posted it, whatever. He ended up retweeting it and uh, commenting on it. Like, hey, he's like, oh, basically, he mentioned mentioned it. He's like, I don't know why I'm doing Because the, the funny thing is, like, you know, like I said, if you listen to the show, Sheena and Seth, not the biggest fans of Cody. Yeah. But it was just funny that, you know, them, she, her doing the unboxing of the figure. And then he ends up, you know, doing the, uh, the you know, the retweet. But pretty much putting us over in the sense with the, uh, with the video, which is pretty, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. He's, so he's, a, a he's, a, he's a really good dude down to earth that's for sure which you know you don't have to be if if you're in that position oh yeah no definitely yeah you can definitely tell uh you know the way he comes across on you know the interviews that he does and even on you know even in, in ring and when he's cutting his promos and stuff like that you can yeah. obviously he has the intensity and stuff but you can tell the walk to the ring when he's you know you know he hands his belt off to you know to a kid or something like that you can tell he's you know genuine in that sense and he you know he really uh he really takes in, takes in the fans and stuff like that. So, yeah, for sure. Hopefully, um, hopefully, yeah. I'm, I'm now I'm like very curious on what you uh what you have cooking up there. This is uh, yeah, we'll I always I, yeah, I always get these uh weird tidbits. Like I had uh, I had extra cooler on a while back, and he talked about some things that came out. He, he had coming down the pipeline and ended up being the FTR, um, stuff that he had going on in the uh in the Matt Cardona the Indie God, um, stuff that he designed with Matt Cardona. Um, and he also revealed that I didn't even know this. He was the he was the uh, idea behind the ecto cooler drink. Which is <laughs> I crazy heard when... that somewhere through. I don't know if I listened to that episode or I think I yeah, that's probably where I heard that. But yeah, yeah, I, I thought he was joking at first. But... Yeah, no, his uh, his yeah his, his uncle worked for uh, High C at the time, and yeah. you know he came to him as a kid and said, hey, you know the, you know the Ghostbusters, you know they're looking for a movie crossover and they're looking for here's a bunch of names. What do you think? And he picked the Ecto Cooler one, and it's a good choice. The rest Thanks. is it. I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "Holy crap!" I was like, "I don't think I ever heard that story because yeah. I felt like I felt like it's been said already, but I never heard that." And my uh, my it's buddy Jay, generation, you know all about that. You know what that is. You can oh yeah, it immediately. 
Yep, yeah, my uh, my buddy Jay, who I spoke about earlier, <clears throat> huge Ghostbusters fan. In his house, in his basement, he has a whole room, all Ghostbusters. He's a huge collector as well, but like yeah. he literally has a whole room, Ghostbusters, everything, nothing new. He hasn't really like the newer stuff that they yeah. release. Every all vintage, all old school, everything. Um, so when I told him that story, he was like, "What the hell?" He was like, "Get out of here!" Because he's like the the biggest fanatic in the world when it comes to that stuff. Um, do you have? Uh, I should just ask you: Do you have like a? Do you have a Ghostbusters collection or any Ghostbuster uh, figures in your collection at all? Well, when I was a kid, I collected the old uh, Kenner Ghostbusters back in the day. The okay. Firehouse, all that stuff, had all that. I did buy just for nostalgia reasons. I bought those re-releases that went to Walmart a couple of years ago. So yes. Yeah. I uh, obviously got the Mattel Elite Ghostbuster crossover figures. And I think that's all I really have in my collection. I mean, I definitely loved Ghostbusters. I'm actually maybe one of the weird ones, maybe not, but I always enjoyed the cartoon more than the movies. I like okay. the movies, but I like the cartoon a little bit more. So, I yeah, I think no, that makes sense because a lot of the a lot of the um, the toys, toys and stuff for... came from the uh, from the the cartoon and stuff like that, yeah. not really from the from the movies themselves. So yeah, no, I could definitely see see the uh, the the transition there. Do you? Um, as far as, you know, like I said, you pretty much collect everything. Um, is there a favorite thing that you collect out of the audio? I know it's probably hard to even yeah. even ask, but like, is there like something that you love collecting more than anything else in your in your toy collection? It's always special when I get a. I mean, I have a complete Jack's Classic Superstars collection. And like a year or two years ago, what is time, as I say? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when, but I bought a second collection to uh, unbox and have a loose set and a, a mint one. Um, and I'm still trying to track down some of those grail pieces. Like I'm missing a one of 100 Hulk Hogan. So, I mean, it's okay. fun to kind of be clocking that, looking for that. Um, recently in the last year, I got uh, three of the one of 20 Ultimate Warriors from those. And obviously wow. those are very rare. There's only 20 of them in the world. And uh, so super rare. That is like uh, really fun, and that kind of gets your blood pumping and the adrenaline flowing when you're picking up something wow. like that. Uh, but I love the GI Joe classified line. GI Joe is like that. That and wrestling were my two favorite properties as a kid. Still, pretty much are. So the GI Joe classified is very fun and nostalgic. It's kind of I always say it's like my GI Joes when I played with as a kid of how I imagined them, <laughs> and now yeah. I'm like how they are. So. That's really fun. So I enjoy everything. And I always say I'm not buying stuff to unbox or do it if I don't like it and enjoy it. I mean, I, I'm not buying stuff to not like it. So you know, sometimes people say, oh, you're True. too positive. Well, I'm not going to buy something <laughs> like. It's just not going to happen. Oh, exactly. Um, so as far as like the, you know, the I, would, I don't want to say if it's, I'm not saying it's a boom, maybe. It kind of, it, it maybe is um, for the older the older generation of toys like the retros and now LJNs and obviously, you know, the major uh, bros with the bendies and stuff like that. Do you see like, do you see that, like that latching on, do you see like a Mattel start? Like maybe do you think they'll dip back into the bendies or do you think they'll dip back into the, like the BCAs um, at some point? Do you see like any type of uh, any resurgent and just... in, in, in older older type yeah. of figures i just i really don't uh, i mean no. i can't see that like the titan tron's coming back or something like that i mean <laughs> anything is possible yeah but collecting is so weird because 
I always try to think about it too. If you go to like an antique store, and I'm sure your antique store is no different than mine. You go in there and there's a bunch of like milk jugs and then there's like yep. fine china and then there's yep. old dresses and, and weird stuff. It's weird to us. <laughs> it's not weird to people that are 40 years older than us that collected that at one time. Exactly. And to me, that stuff's absolutely worthless. And I try to remember the back of my head, a lot of this stuff in the future could very well be that same kind of thing. Yep. Uh, it's a weird kind of deal because we're in a nostalgia period right now for kids of the 80s and 90s generations. Um, but I think of people and kids my my kids' age, you know, being in the, yeah. you know eight, I have an eight-year-old, a 12-year-old, and I don't know if they'll have the same nostalgia in the future. And they definitely don't have the nostalgia about our properties. I mean, there's always yeah. been some kids that their dad got them onto Ghostbusters or whatever. Yep. But like a Mattel retro or an LJN figure for a nine-year-old kid. They're like, oh, that's cool for two seconds. Give me that uh, ultimate figure that has all this articulation that I yeah. can't <laughs> Or will they even play with toys at all at that point? Who knows? <laughs> and it, it does make you wonder, like, what's going to happen? You know, 40 years from now, you want to sell your LJNs. Well, eh, the market's pretty slim for people that want that stuff then. So I, I don't know. It, yeah. It's a weird thing to think about a little bit sometimes. That's yeah. why I say never invest for uh, money purposes in action figures, if unless you unless you really have to, I guess. Oh yeah, de yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, with the you know, I I kind of like the fact that the you know, you know, uh, you, we have like new LJNs. You know, obviously AEW. Yeah. Um, they have their LJNs, and then you know, um, the major bros have their their LJNs and stuff like that. So I do like that that niche type of uh, collecting, because um, because you kind of seen it with 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 retro re, i can't even talk with yeah. retros um you know a lot of companies have started to do different retro figures and things like that so my thought is you know if it catches on like the ljns you know aw's doing ljns um do you think wwe might bring it back at some point or some type of because they did it with the uh with the jacks classic or the jacks line anyway back in the day i think the um, closest we're kind of getting from mattel is the coliseum collection it's like kind true, of giving that lpn niche but giving updated stuff because mm. even the retros i guarantee and, and i don't know anything but i i just feel like they're only sold on mattel creations that tells yes. you they don't feel it's viable for walmart or target or target walmart yep. amazon whoever won't take them so they're definitely limited edition i'm sure they're not produced in the quantities of elites. It's just the the fandom isn't quite there for whatever reason. I mean, and I think a lot yeah. of it is a younger collector. They've moved on. I mean, when I was a kid in Hasbro's, it felt like it was the game was changed. I was used to these LJNs that didn't move. Now an arm moves, a head moves. <laughs> it doesn't get better than this. It's kind of like video games. You know, like, oh, my gosh, did you see the graphics on this new Nintendo game? It's amazing. And then <laughs> nowadays, it's like night and day from that stuff. And, oh, yeah, definitely. And I, think, uh, I think time marches on and things change. And I, I think it's tough to get. There's always going to be some kids out there, but it's tough to get that nostalgia bug if you didn't live it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a, another question for you. We'll, we'll stay on the Mattel Creek. Well, not really that, but like as far as like crowdfunding. Do you see that like do you see that coming back at all? Do you see a different strategy going into, you know, we don't have to go into the, you know, yeah, anything yeah. that happened, but like do you see like do you see where it failed and where it can, you know, yeah, where it can it's improve? It, it is so tough and I always say it's kind of the, the vocal minority is what we see on the internet. And it's not just toys, yeah. it's about anything in the world, but so yeah, many exactly. people 
are so down on things immediately. They're wanting to poke holes in it. And everybody's got their opinion. And nobody's opinion is better than anybody else's. But uh, it's it seems like almost every crowdfund, from the beginning, people are against it. It's like, yeah. oh, we're rooting against it. And as we're filming this right now, the Cat Slayer from Super 7 ends tonight. So yep. uh, there's another crowdfunding one. And uh, it's an interesting dynamic. Obviously, there's always continuous learning, continuous improvement, constant learning. Uh, from these things. And I'm sure Mattel, they got a whole war chest of notes and things. Hasbro has really struggled with some stuff lately. And yeah. it's I, I think it's a little bit of the changing of the guards with price increases, not just toys, but across the board. Whenever yeah. there's big price increases like we've had the last couple of years, it takes the consumer about another couple of years to get to the understanding of the price point. Yeah, yeah. guess what? Your eggs aren't a dollar fifty anymore. They're three dollars. And it yeah. just takes a couple of years to get used to that three dollar price point. And I think we're still, and maybe we're coming out of the back end of it. Maybe we'll see. But we're still in a weird thing where people don't see the value the companies are trying to give, saying the cost X. They say, no, no, it should be fifty hundred dollars cheaper. Well, they got the old mentality still of how things cost and yeah, and I always say it at work in my day job, and I say it on my channel is Mattel, Hasbro, all these companies—they're not looking for um, to break even. <laughs> they're not looking to lose money. They've yep. got to show profits on this stuff. They've yeah, got to exactly. show profits to get it through. And guess what? They got a heck of an overhead at Mattel. They got people, employees, four hundred one ks, company cars, benefits, uh, buildings, yep. putting lights on. They got to turn a lot of stuff. And these crowdfunding things. These are bare minimum quantities because let's say it's 10,000 units for something like that. Well, an average Barbie is produced in 100,000 units and plus. So yep. uh, that's another thing. So these crowdfunders are giving hardcore fans, if it's wrestling, Hot Wheels, Marvel Legends, whatever it is, a chance to get something they normally wouldn't get. Now, if Toys R Us, of course, was still around, maybe some of that stuff could go to Toys R Us. But yep. it's a weird dynamic right now. And I don't know if we need another year or so for prices to kind of really compute in everybody's head and everybody will always complain about prices, but there's a lot of those costs and I see it every single day that it just doesn't seem like it should be, but it is. And yeah. I know employees in factories and shipping and everything has gotten so much more expensive and people forget about that a lot of time that there's a lot more that goes into a price of any item than what it seems like on the surface. Yeah. And it, like you have um, also with like with jazz wares, um, you know, they're going to be launching the, uh, the vault. Yeah. Uh, what is it next year? I think, I believe so. I mean, I'm not sure if they're going to be doing any crowdfunding type of things, but you know, I think it's, you know, safe for the cent, safe for the, you know, the collector that wants to just, you know, you don't have to go out and buy anything. You don't have to like actually fig hunt to do anything. Yeah. You can actually just go there and, and do it. And, and it kind of saves face for those lines that aren't going to sell. Like you kind of said, like the retro line, Probably yeah. wouldn't sell in stores uh, greatly, um, you know, with Jazzwares, with the ROH line that they're launching. Um, I was kind of scared that they're going to do it you know, in store, go to a Walmart or something, something like that. And no one's going to, you know, run to a Walmart and buy an ROH figure. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping it was going to be on like ringside, for instance, like it would be like a, a ringside exclusive line, which would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But obviously they're, you know, they're launching their, you know, their website and it's going to live on there. So I mean, yeah, it all, is these companies, all these companies are hoping for the day they can cut out the uh, Amazon's targets, Walmart's and probably even yeah. side. How do I cut out the middleman and go straight to direct to consumer? Because then I keep yep. more of my profits. And exactly. I think that's what Jazzwares is doing. And I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it's not called the AEW Jazzwares vault. I think it, it's just called the yeah. vault thing. Yeah. 
So I wouldn't be shocked to see limited edition Squishmallows up there, Pokemon yeah. stuff eventually, and they're going to go direct to consumer on some of that stuff and take more of the internal profit. So it makes a lot of sense. A lot of companies are hoping for that day, and that's why you see so many exclusives at Walmart and Target because Target wants an exclusive of Martha Stewart or whatever it is because yeah. <laughs> it's something yeah. that Walmart doesn't have that's going to bring people in, and hopefully while they're here, guess what? They pick up a gallon of milk. They get a pizza. They get some other stuff when they're here. So Yep. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so as far as just to pivot a little bit, you you said you're, you're you're a parent, two daughters. How do you balance the uh, you know, what you do here and being a father? Because I don't I mean it's 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 hard <laughs> for yeah. me anyway, but yeah, my you know, kids uh, you know, my kids I have two girls, so they're not as into this as uh, maybe some others. If <laughs> if you know they were uh, maybe boys of that same age, they might be all in here. I might be doing uh, father son reviews and stuff yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> I'd be spending a heck of a lot more money because I'd be like, okay, you want wrestling too? All right, we're buying two of everything. I guess is what we would do, but uh, but it's an interesting balance. You know, I got it. My wife is a saint. I I can't say a good enough stuff about her. Yeah, what's up with three kids really at the end of the day is I'm kind of a big kid in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, she stays home from work. So that definitely helps out. So I work and then she, you know, takes the kids to and fro and really deals with their schedules. I mean, that's, you hate to say that's her job, but she kind of, you know, deals with all that. She knows the calendars and where they got to go and what time and all that. Uh, definitely a lifesaver. Cause if I had to add that onto my plate, it would be, it would be tough, but, Mm -hmm. uh, my, my daughters, you know, yeah, we have a ton of fun. We do stuff. They're in a lot of my videos and things. But, you know, they're also at the age, too, where I don't need to change diapers. I don't have to, yep. you know, wait on them hand and foot. So, uh, you know, if they want to make a sandwich, they could probably make a sandwich. They could make some toast <laughs> if they need to. But um, it's pretty. It's a lot easier than it would have been, you know, eight years ago. And the smallest one was one years old. I probably wouldn't have had the time yeah. for all this kind of stuff. But, you know, they're getting older. And that's just the way it seems, it seems like kids get older every single day, I guess. I don't know. So eventually they're not even going to want to talk to me for a couple of years, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But I did have a funny thing the other day that uh, my daughter went to her friend's house and her friends were actually watching my video not knowing it was me. That's <laughs> like, how weird is that? And I've had that a couple of instances before where people like knew of me but didn't like for work. I went and had to call on a customer one time. And I walked into this customer's office and he's like, wait, Kyle Peterson, what are you doing? He didn't know he was meeting was with me from YouTube. So it's very surreal on stuff like that. That's funny. I was in a, that was actually going to be your next question. Like with your daughters, how do they, how do they feel seeing their, you know, their dad on YouTube? Like you might, they, you might show up in a, uh, you know, like a suggestion yeah. type thing on the side of one of the videos that they're watching it's pretty funny it's and my <laughs> daughter is really shy and she never like tells people these kind of things or anything yeah. like that like she went to uh, her friend's house and her friend's dad is a huge heavy metal guy he's got like all these iron Bo- maiden posters everywhere and i'm like yeah tell him you've seen iron maiden three times she's like no i didn't <laughs> I was like, he'd probably think that's pretty cool that a 12-year-old girl seen Iron Maiden three times. <laughs> um, but stuff like that is pretty funny, and you, you never know. Like, I've had instances where, like, uh, going to a wrestling show, the Wrestling Revolver, which is Sammy Callahan's promotion, he runs yep. shows here all the time. You know, Moxley's there and all these guys all the time, and I'll go to those shows, and I get recognized at those shows a lot. Obviously, that's kind of the fan base. There's a lot of correlation there. Yeah. And I'll take a lot of pictures and I'll even sign autographs. There was this cute little That's kid awesome. that came up to me at the last show, maybe four or five years old. Uh, and his dad said he wanted a picture with me and an autograph. And I autographed his poster, <laughs> which is 
weird. <laughs> my handwriting. In 10 years, he's not going to know what this says. I don't even know what it says. I, I need to work on my signature. But my kids were like, they could not believe this. Like, this was real. They're like, do you know them? And I'm like, no, they just watch the channel. And so it's, it's very weird to them. I don't think they totally understand it sometimes. That's great. You know, yeah. I'm not Mr. Beast. And if you're not Mr. Beast, you're nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's, he's another, uh, that's, that's another, uh, another, that's whole another level stratosphere. Of, uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the only, uh, the, the only, I think the only, uh, figure community like people I have an autograph from is from the fully posable guys, um, which are, you know, I think they, they, they sent me a poster once that they did like a meetup a few years back at one of the, I think, I think what WrestleMania was. Yeah. And, uh, they were doing like a giveaway and, you know, they ended up, they, they, we ended up like communicating stuff like that and going back and forth. And they ended up like, Hey, you want an autograph? I was like, yeah, fine. I'll, I'll take one, whatever. WrestleMania this year. Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, talk to them. They're, they're good Oakland A's fans like me. They're, uh, they're good, uh, brothers out there. They love their heavy metal too. So shout out to those guys. So the, uh, that's, that's actually just brought me into my next question. Other interests besides, you know, collecting and wrestling and all that stuff. Like, obviously I'm a, I'm assume baseball. Yeah. Um, I like, I like a little bit. It's not as much as I used to. I was yeah. a, you know, a kid in the eighties, nineties. Oh man. The Oakland A's team with Kinsenko, McGuire, Ricky Henderson. I mean, that oh, was man. four years. So, yep. um, but yeah, outside of that, I mean, gosh, I'm doing my YouTube stuff and then I, I work a pretty hectic, crazy job. So I'm uh, dealing with that all the time and you got to have a passion for that, I guess a little bit. Yep. Uh, you know, we all, we all curse our day jobs from time to time, but uh, I do get a lot of fulfillment out of that. So I got that. And then, you know, dinner and stuff with the wife and kids and, you know, doing usual dad stuff running around. But yeah, outside of that, you know, heavy metal, I love music. I, lo I love a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, I, I wish I had more time to play guitar. I used to play guitar a lot. I don't mm -hmm. play as much as I used to. Uh, when I retire, that's something I'm definitely going to get back into. There's, you know, I got a whole list of stuff I want to do when I retire. Hopefully it hits that day one day. Um, <laughs> But uh, heavy metal shows, I love good concerts, and uh, especially my earlier years when I used to travel for work, like constantly, uh, I was going to like a heavy metal show almost every night. Um, wow. So I, I see a ton of shows, and I still try to as much as possible. So that's probably my biggest passion out of all action figures and stuff is this kind of music and heavy metal shows and stuff. Play with my dogs too, have a lot of fun with them. So, what about um, what what, what do you think? What do you see as the future of, of your, of your branding? Of, uh... I never know. I mean, I just kind of take it one day at a time. Like I said earlier, I got like six pretty wild things in the works right now. Like I would love to sit here and talk about all of it. I'm just going to get, <laughs> I'll just say you got to subscribe to my channel and stuff to find out the answers as they come. But you know, one of them was the uh, second YouTube channel I just started this yep. uh, weekend here. So that was kind of the first domino to fall. But there's a lot of other stuff coming. And I don't know, you know, it would be very cool to do this as a full-time job. I just don't ever yeah. see that. I don't see I'll ever be able to give up my current full-time job as much as I may want to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. You never know. But, uh, you know, especially right at the beginning, there was some crazy. I mean, I could talk about this. I've talked about it before, but I had a couple of TV interviews for like TV shows. Like yeah. people reached out and said, Hey, we want you to do screen tests and stuff like that. And I did like seven screen tests for home and garden TV, HGTV. Wow. And uh, there was a show called everything, but the house, you can Google it or whatever, but it was kind of like a pawn stars type show. I mean, we're all familiar with pawn stars, Yep. but it was like, um, 
like, let's say uh, Marco's moving away, you're retiring and you're going to Florida and you got to sell everything in your house. And they call in a team of experts and they want to know if I want to interview for the uh, action figure expert. So, you know, some episodes, if there was a bunch of action figures, I'd come in and say, oh, this is it. This goes with this. And then they do a big auction at the end of the uh, the episode or whatever. And then, you know, they get their money and all that. And everybody, you know, does their thing. And so I had a lot of screen tests for that. I obviously didn't get the job. Uh, and then actually the series never went in because that was COVID was really took off at that time. Uh, it had like six episodes filmed and then it never came back. But uh, so things like that, there's been a few other ones of those kind of opportunities that have come up. I mean, it would be a very cool thing. I would love to, uh, you know, grab a, oh, my buddy, Jeff George mentioned him a couple of times. Him and I go and hit the road. We go to toy stores. We do stuff. I mean, that would be quite the show, but it'd be cool to do something like that one day. I don't know if that is possible anymore. Yeah. So much stuff has changed. I think it's, in this reality, you do it yourself and you see what happens from that. So yep. you start your own YouTube channel and your own YouTube show and you do that and see where it goes from there. Uh, that kind of stuff's changing. But, you know, I, I just uh, hopefully I just have fun. As long as I'm having fun, I'll do it. If it ever becomes a job or it feels like a, a job that's like wearing at me or, oh, my gosh, you better do this. Uh, mm -hmm. That's when it's probably time to call it quits. But right now, having a lot of fun, just. Uh, taking every opportunity as they come and uh, seeing what happens. It's uh, very surreal in a lot of ways. That's for sure. No, that's awesome. Um, last question always before, before I let everyone go, I always ask them this um, wrestling, obviously, because this is what brings everyone together that I, I mean, for the most part, not everybody yeah. that I do interviews with, there's some type of wrestling connection. Uh, some people aren't into wrestling, so I don't ask this question, but, since you are, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, so you have you have somebody that's not, you know, they're on the fence about getting into pro wrestling. They're not, eh, why are you watching that? That's that stuff. It's it's crazy. I don't really get it. What do you, what match do you show that person that's going to instantly draw them in and become a fan right on the spot? Oof, that's a really tough one. You know, Ultimate Warrior is my all-time favorite. I don't know if I'd go with something Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. I'd probably honestly go with something of Terry Funk's is probably who Ooh, would go. Okay. Because, man, Terry Funk is another all-time favorite of mine. I got I got some history with Terry Funk, working with him over the years a couple of different times, and uh, definitely obviously recently passed away. So I, I yep. definitely been thinking about Terry Funk more than ever. And, man, just, uh, just an amazing guy in so many levels. And to actually spend time with your hero – uh, he's been my favorite since 1989 with uh, the I quit match with Ric Flair. So that yeah. probably would be the match I would show. And, you know, Terry is probably the most versatile performer of all time. I mean, to garbage wrestling, extreme wrestling, comedy yeah. wrestling, uh, straight wrestling, you know, he's done it all and uh, did it all. So it would probably have to be something Terry Funk. And I'd probably lean towards that. I quit match because it's a little bit of everything in that match. There is some hardcore spots. There's traditional wrestling, uh, it's quite the story along the way. It's just uh, that's probably where I'd go, just off the top of my head, at least. Awesome. Yeah, I met I met Terry Funk at uh oh man, what WrestleMania was that? Uh, was it WrestleMania twenty nine? Yeah, I want to say maybe at a signing at uh, one of the uh, the WWE fan things. Yeah. And I actually bought a. Um, I remember I went to WrestleCon and there was this dude selling like a bunch of DVDs, and uh, he sold the. I, I bought the uh, the the IWA, the, uh, the death match tournament yeah. one there. And, um, so thinking nothing of it, um, you know, I go back to the hotel room, hotel room. I open it up and he, the dude printed like laminated, like 
um, tickets for it. Like it, like the actual ticket. It wasn't the actual ticket, but yeah. it was like it was like he printed like laminated versions of it. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So uh, when we went to the signing, I actually had him uh, sign the uh, the the ticket. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. And he had like a quick conversation. He's like, oh man, he's like, I used to, he's like, man, I used to run through Tokyo and Japan and uh, uh, me and Cactus. And I was, it was, a, it was a, he was a really, uh, he was a, he was a, you could tell he was like a genuinely like, yeah, like nice guy. Like he would like, you know, you, you spark a conversation. He's going to kind of, you know, talk to you about it, which was I pretty spent, cool. I spent a whole weekend with Terry Funk as his handler and working with him and kind of, oh, like, I mean, it was, awesome. it was, like one of the greatest experiences I'll never forget in my life. And I actually, that night, uh, Terry Funk and uh, Mick Foley and I had dinner together, the three of us. And really? Wow. Just so surreal sitting here with just wild, <laughs> just the wild. Kings. And like for me being such a big fan of them and being young and stuff and just, I don't know. It was, it was so surreal. And I, I think back to that all the time, that whole weekend of just being his handler and Terry would always, you know, people would come up and it'd be like $20 for a photo, $25 for a shirt. And somebody would come up, could I get this for $10 instead? And he'd be like, I'd love to do it. But old Kyle over here, he's a slave driver. <laughs> he, he's won $25 and he'd put all the heat on me. And he, we had a funny thing that's going great. with that. Yeah. Just a, a heck of a guy. That's for sure. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the, the, I was actually just thinking about like when I when I like handed him the ticket to like sign. He like like looks at it, and you could just you could see like the wheels turn a little bit. And he just that's when it, you know that sparked the like the like the quick conversation and stuff like that. He was like you know talking about his time in, in Japan and all that stuff and he, what he was doing down there besides the wrestling anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh yeah it was that's that's pretty awesome. That uh damn that's uh that's that's pretty cool, man. That's like. Yeah. That's definitely a surreal moment, just sitting there in between Mick Foley and, and, yeah. and Terry Funk. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty um, wild. You know, being such a fan of his for a long time, then getting that job to sit with him and hang out with him. And then I met him on two other occasions as well. So it's just pretty wild when you know you get to meet your heroes and they're really cool to you back. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely a big uh big loss uh for the wrestling community when uh when that happened. We did a uh, uh I think that day we did like a we did like a kind of like a retrospective on him and uh and bray wyatt after uh you know after that happened so yeah he's uh definitely uh definitely in the hearts and minds of all of us uh, wrestling fans yeah. especially at the ljn too which i love oh, there you my go. Favorite yeah, I, saw, I actually saw tommy <laughs> dreamer the night uh he flew in to my town for a show and i got to talk to him i've talked to tommy a lot of times and we always talk about terry funk and uh, he actually just flew in for the funeral, so I kind of got all kind of the the lowdown from the funeral and all that. So it was, yeah, yeah, it's just wild, wild. Yeah, but yeah, man, thank you for uh, thank you for joining. This is uh, this is awesome. Glad to be yeah, able to sit fun. down and actually it's, to talk to you. I was I, like I said, I watch your videos pretty much all the time, and it's just weird actually being able to speak to you. And you know, yeah, it's uh you're you're uh, you're 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 one of a kind uh a person. I think you're you just you. You, you're just great on the camera. You have, you just, maybe that's why all those, uh, all those like shows reach out to you. You just have like, like that presence. I like you're yeah, welcoming. You're very really warm. Cool. You have a warm presence to you. <laughs> no, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll land that. I'm trying to get on like a soap opera or something. Maybe I get one of those jobs. Oh man. You get the, you get the hair, yeah, you, you get the go. hair flowing with the fan and everything. That'd yeah. be great. Um, <laughs> let everyone know where you are, where, you, where we can find you. Yeah, you can find me uh, on the X, I guess it's called these days, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Sir Paul 64 on the X, and then uh, the underscore Kyle underscore Peterson on threads. 
and on Instagram, and then of course on YouTube. Uh, just started a second YouTube channel. It's going to be a little bit different than my current channel. Uh, you know, I'm putting out three videos a day, like I said earlier, and uh, I figured I've got a heck of a backlog um, of videos. I've got, I think on my Patreon, I have over 300 videos that haven't been on traditional YouTube yet. And I said, that's a heck of a, I mean, I could basically stop and keep running. So I started a second YouTube channel that I will uh, here in the next few weeks. I'm going to do maybe a weekly live stream over there. So maybe I'll have you on one of those. Oh, once we would, get rolling on that. I would love uh, it. So I'll have that going on. I'm going to do a, a weekly top five over there. That's different than a wrestling top five. It might be GI Joe. It might be something else. And I'll have a turtle Tuesday segment with some Ninja Turtles on Tuesdays, nice. uh, a figure hunt each week over there. And then uh, some bonus content. So building up that second channel with all the overflow, uh, just a lot going on at all times. There's no doubt about it. So search me out on uh, YouTube, Kyle Peterson, 1980, Kyle Peterson, 2.0. You can, you search Kyle Peterson, you'll get to me eventually. Awesome. Again, thank you for uh, for joining me on this uh, wonderful audio journey. I hope everyone enjoyed themselves listening to the to my musings and, and Kyle's musings. Hopefully, you you know you can pick and choose who you, who you like better. Um, <laughs> if you if you're sick of my voice, like I said, it's it, it's tough crap because I'm on like literally three times a week. So. Either yeah, you way, we had fun talking to each other, even if nobody else wants to listen. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's whatever. I mean, as long as as long as I got to talk to you, that's all that matters. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, thank you everyone for listening, and I'll uh, talk to you soon. See Peace. ya.